going to take a little break from our series that we've been doing and jump to the book of Psalms. So we'll be heading there if you would. And Psalms is real near the middle of your Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And if you hit like Proverbs or some of the prophets, you've gone a little too far. We'll be in Psalm 106, and we'll pick up in verse 1. Psalm 106, verse 1. And today we're going to go from kind of one extreme to the other. I have been preaching for quite some time out of out of the Old Testament. Um, it will be in Psalm 106. And I've been preaching a long time out of the Old Testament, and lately I've been covering a whole lot of ground, a lot of times like a chapter at a time. Well, today I'm going to go from a whole chapter to a single verse. I figured all God's people would say amen on that. There we go. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to be in Psalm 106. We're going to be just in verse 1. And, of course, uh, as I said before, and as you know, Thanksgiving is this week, so we're going to look at a verse that speaks of praising and thanking God. It's a psalm of thanksgiving, but it's also a psalm of confession. And usually we, when we think of confession, we think of, of telling God uh, something that we've done wrong. But it's, not, it, it, it's a confession of our badness, our sinfulness, but it's also a confession of God's goodness. Now many times, whenever, whenever we uh, thank God, whenever we tell, uh, tell God how grateful we are, or we praise God, many times, and it's like this in the Psalms, many times we'll, we'll talk about the reason that we're praising Him first. Like, God's forgiven my sin, therefore I'm going to be thankful, therefore I'm going to praise Him. But this, this psalm starts out and ends with praise. It, 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 it gives praise to God and it calls us to praise God even before it gives us a reason. It's, it's kind of like a praise or thanksgiving sandwich. The, the biblical scholars call this inclusio. It starts with praise and then it recounts the people's sin and it ends with praise. As one author said, he said, Surely the thought of God's unspeakable goodness most appropriately precedes the psalmist's confession. For nothing so melts a heart in penance, penitence as the remembrance of God's love, and nothing so heightens the evil of sin as the consideration of the patient goodness which it has long flouted. And as we consider this verse, I want us to apply what it says to us in regards to our season of Thanksgiving because, I mean, it's, it's this week, and, and no doubt if, you, if you're able to, you're going to visit with family, and you'll... you'll you'll be reflecting, hopefully, on some things for which you're thankful. So uh, let's look at this. Let's stand as, as we read Psalm 106 and verse 1. The psalmist says, Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Short and sweet. Go ahead and have a seat, please. Now, the first thing that he tells us to do in here is, is the very first part of verse 1. He says to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, this, this is the theme of the psalm, is that we need to praise and thank God. And it starts out, depending on your translation, it may start out with a very familiar word. Depending on your translation, it may, instead of saying praise the Lord, it may actually say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, trans, uh, hallelujah is translated in my Bible as praise the Lord. If you're reading the King James, they'll say, praise ye the Lord. And people today use hallelujah pretty often, don't they? They use it as an interjection, as, as something to show a strong emotion. Sometimes I've, I've been in churches and, and the preacher will really get going and somebody in the church will say, hallelujah, they'll be real excited about it. Sometimes people say hallelujah about things that don't pertain to God. Um, you know, the doctor says, it's not cancer. Oh, hallelujah. 
use that as an interjection. Sometimes we say it sarcastically. You go to, to work, and the boss says, this meeting's only going to take an hour. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. We know it's not going to be that, that short. It, it's used as an interjection even in Revelation 19 where people are praising God. But in the Hebrew here, it's not an interjection. It's not used to show strong emotion. It's actually an imperative. It's a command. It's, it's, it, it's a directive. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's not praise the Lord. It's you praise the Lord. Now, I want to break this down because when I want you to think back to your school days. For some of us, that doesn't take too long. Some of us maybe longer than others. But when you think about your school days, just, just remember your English classes. If a command is given, but there's no subject, what is the subject? It's an assumed subject. It's, it's an implied you. It's an assumed you. So if I said... If I say, stand while we read the Word of God, I mean you stand while we read the Word of God. If I say, be quiet, I mean you be quiet. Okay, you get the idea. Now this is a command that's given, but there's no subject. It just says, praise the Lord. It means you praise the Lord. But it's addressed to an assembled people. So, so it's, it, it's telling everybody to praise the Lord. And the King James, in, in the King James, pretty, praise ye the Lord. I just like that. But the fact of the matter is, we in the Ozarks don't speak that way. We don't say, praise ye the Lord. If we were writing this, what would we say? Y'all praise the Lord. Right? It's everybody praise the Lord. But it's more than that. Because if, if you'll notice, especially if you have the King James, it says, praise ye the Lord. That's singular. That means every single person is to praise the Lord. It's a personal thing. It's a communal thing. Everybody praise God, but it's a very personal thing. You have a responsibility to praise God. And so a more accurate rendition of this in Ozarkian turnback parlance would be all y'all praise the Lord. That means everybody. Because I've lived in Missouri long enough to know that if I say everybody praise the Lord, there's going to be that one person. You know the one I'm talking about? He says, that's not, well, you can, that's made for everybody else. That doesn't apply to me. I'll just sit here and let them do the praising. But the Bible doesn't give us that option. It doesn't say everybody praise the Lord except for, well, if you don't really want to, it means everybody praise the Lord. All y'all praise the Lord. And so it's, it's up to each of us as Christians. We all have a responsibility to praise the Lord. Why is that? Well, look at verse 2. It says, Who can speak of the mighty deeds of, of the Lord? Or who can show forth all his praise? In other words, no matter how much we say, no matter how much, how long we spend talking about how good God is, no matter how much time we spend praising God, it's never going to be enough. God is so great and so wonderful and so mighty that no matter how long we praise God, it's not going to be enough. So everybody has a responsibility to praise the Lord. Now I want to break this down a little bit more because the word uh, hallelujah is actually a phrase in Hebrew. It's made up of two, two parts. Hallel means to praise, and Yah is a shortened form of Yahweh. Praise the Lord. And praise and thanksgiving are used interchangeably in the Old Testament a lot of times, and there's a lot of overlap, but people who make a distinction between praise and thanksgiving make it this way. Praise deals with who God is. It's an act of devotion where we focus on God's attributes. We focus on His goodness. We focus on His love. We worship Him because of His mercy. 
because of his power. Praise is, is not saying, I'm real happy because I live in America. I'm, I'm real happy because God has done this in my life. I'm real happy because I have a good church family. I'm real happy because I have my health or whatever the blessing is. See, when we praise, we're getting our eyes off of ourselves and we're focusing just on God. We're saying, I worship you, God, because you're so loving and I don't deserve it. We're saying, I worship you, God. I, I thank you. I praise you because you have the power to do all things. I thank you that, that, that I have a prayer need and I can come to you and, and you have the power to answer that. It's focusing on God, not on us. And so during this Thanksgiving season, this is a, a, good, good, a good reminder to us that we need to be praising God. We need to be focusing on Him simply because He is a good God. He deserves it. So the, the psalmist says, Praise ye the Lord. But go on to the next part of verse 1. What does he say? He says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. As I said, these two things are a little bit different. Thanksgiving is similar to praise, but whereas praise is focused on who God is, Thanksgiving focuses on what God does. See, Thanksgiving focuses on what God has done for us in particular. This is the kind of stuff that we think of when we go around the Thanksgiving table. Now, earlier I, I mentioned the Thanksgiving table, and, and I, I only had like one or two people even say anything. So, so hopefully it's not dead silence when you guys go around the Thanksgiving table if that's what you do. And say one thing that you're thankful for. But this is what this is what we commonly think of with Thanksgiving. It's, it's focusing on what God has done for us. Now, according to verse 1, why should we be thankful? Well, the first reason he says is because God's good. God is good. Now, when we think of goodness, we have a very different view of goodness than the Bible does. We say, well, that's a good old boy. He's just salt-of-the-earth type guy. Or... Yeah, that's a, that's a good movie. That's a good show. But in the Bible, goodness speaks of being pleasing, of being morally upright. The Bible says there's none good. So there's, there's that age-old question, why do bad things happen to good people? It's not really a question, because there ain't no good people. The question is not why do bad things happen to good people. The question is why do good things happen to bad people. That's what we should be asking. But see... Goodness belongs only to God. You remember a rich, a rich young ruler came to Jesus. And he said, good, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And what did Jesus say? Why are you calling me good? He's not saying he's less than God. He's saying, God is the only one who's good. Are you willing to call me God? Are you willing to acknowledge that I am God? Because the rich young ruler thought that he was good too. And so what did Jesus say? He says, you know the law. Don't steal, don't kill, do all these things. And the rich young ruler said, I've been all those from my youth up. He thought he was good. And so that's what we think. We think if we just do the right stuff, then we're good. But we're not. God alone is good. Now, when is he good? When is he morally upright? Or there's that old saying, God is good. When all the time and all the time, God is good. And that's so easy to say, isn't it? But it's easy. It's a lot tougher to believe. It's a lot tougher to, 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 to worship Him during some of those times. Now, in the good times, it's real easy. It's easy to see how God's good when, when we give that raise at work or when He answers our prayers. It's real easy to say, oh, God is so good. And that's when we walk around singing, this is the day the Lord has made, or oh, how I love Jesus, or blessed be the name. We sing all those songs when, when, when things are going right for us. But it's a lot more difficult 
in the bad times. It's a lot more difficult when we get sick or loved ones get sick. It's a lot more difficult when we lose a job. It's a lot more difficult in times of grief. And it's, it's hard not only to worship God, but it's hard to see how He even is good sometimes, isn't it? And, and, and we don't go around singing, this is the day the Lord has made. We go around singing, nobody knows the troubles I've seen. And we don't focus on God. And sometimes we doubt God's goodness. And that's really the way some people solve the problem of pain. They say, well, I've got this pain in my life. I see pain in the world. Therefore, God must not be good. Otherwise, there wouldn't be this bad stuff happening. But God never ceases to be good. Now remember, Thanksgiving is, is based on what God does. And you say, well, why does He say, give thanks to God because He's good? Why doesn't He say, praise God because He's good? I think He says it because not only is He good, but also He does good. What He does is based on who He is. His good acts are based on His good character. Those of you who are here in the women's Bible study, you should know this. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift we have comes from where? The Father comes from above, from the Father of lights. Every if you have something good in your life, that came from God. He does good. He gives good. He's the author and source of goodness, but he gives the goodness as well. Now this is this is especially important in Thanksgiving because in just a couple days, there are going to be people all over this country getting together and they're going to be grateful. And there are going to be people even who claim to be Christians who will be thankful. I'm thankful that I have this. I'm thankful that, 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 that this is going on in my life. Listen, if you're thankful, you're thankful to a person. And that person should be God. But a lot of, a lot of people, they'll, they'll be happy that certain things are happening in their, in their life. They'll be happy that, that they've got whatever blessing. But they don't take the time to realize their thanks and praise should go to God. If you'll notice, it doesn't just say praise. It says, praise the Lord. And then it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. It's, it's very specific. It's very, very specific. This Thanksgiving, I challenge you to be thankful to God. Not just, not just to be grateful that certain things are happening, but to be thankful to God. We sang it just a little bit ago. Count your blessings. That's, a, that's good advice. But don't focus so much on your blessings that you forget the blesser. Don't, don't focus so much on the gifts you forget the giver. But you'll notice the rest of verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Not only should we thank God for being good and doing good, but another reason we, could, we should thank Him and praise Him is because His loving kindness, your Bible may say, His steadfast love, His mercy endures forever. The psalmist says that uh, the main way he shows this, and we, we're not going to read all this, because it's pretty lengthy, but the main way he shows God's goodness, his, his loving kindness, is in the forgiveness of sin. Glance down at verse 6. He says, We have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have behaved wickedly. And then for almost the, the whole rest of the psalm, he tells how the fathers had sinned, how the ancient Israelites had rebelled against God. They rebelled after, you remember, God led them out of Egypt, got them to the Red Sea, and they sinned. And then after after God got them through the Red Sea, 
Well, then they sinned again. They, they, they forgot God's goodness and they tempted God in the desert. Then later they became envious of Moses and, and Aaron. They said, uh, are they the only ones that, that God can speak to, that God can speak through? They, they sinned whenever they worshipped the golden calf. They rejected the promised land. They practiced idolatry at, at Baal Peor. They grumbled about not having water in the wilderness. They didn't drive the Canaanites out of the land. I mean, all these things, time after time after time, God would let people come in and take over, and then they would cry out to God, and He would hear and deliver them, and they'd be grateful for a while, and then they'd start rebelling again. And over and over and over again, God kept forgiving them. God kept, kept uh, working in their lives, and they kept rebelling against God. And so His loving kindness is shown because God kept forgiving them. He kept loving them. And often we're like those Israelites because we see people in our families and in our church and in our nation and all over the place who rebel against God. They forsake Him. They turn from Him. And we see that, but we don't learn the lesson. We go down the same path. Have you ever not learned a lesson from God and had to repeat it? Sometimes I get in those remedial classes, those remedial cycles, and, and God's like, oh, you didn't learn that? Here's some remediation. You're going to go through it again. And sometimes we say, well, why am I still going through this? Sometimes we have to keep going through the same thing over and over because we're not learning the lesson the first time. And, and these people, God kept showing them over and over throughout their history, I love you, but I, I demand some things of you. And they kept rebelling against Him. They kept loving Him. And many times we do the same thing. We keep going down the wrong road and God's saying, get back on, get back on the path, come back. And He keeps forgiving us, He keeps loving us. If you are here last week, you might remember that we looked at Nehemiah chapter 8. And one of the things that happened in Nehemiah 8, you remember they, they stood and, and read the, the law for like six hours, you remember that? And, and, uh, and people were attentive and all those things. But one of the things that happened is they applied that word to their lives and they began to weep. They began to cry. And Nehemiah and Ezra told them, don't weep. And I don't know if you if that stuck out to you or not, but just think. Here are people who hear God's Word and they're sorry for what they've done. They are, they are grieving because of their sin and their spiritual leaders say, stop weeping. Why is that? I think the reason is as bad as their sin is, God's goodness, His mercy, His grace is even greater. His mercy, always out, his mercy always exceeds their sin. It always exceeds their punishment. And therefore, yes, they should grieve, they should weep because of their sin, but they should also rejoice because God's grace is sufficient to cover that. And in, and in this, in, in Psalm 106, it's not a messianic psalm, but we do see a glimmer of the salvation provided in Christ. Because people cannot out-sin God. It, it happened with the Israelites. They would do all kinds of wickedness, but they could not sin God. He kept forgiving them. There's nobody outside the bounds of God's love. No matter what you've done, God can still forgive you. And that, that forgiveness is based on what Christ did on the cross. The Bible says that God so loved the world, that means you and me, everybody, that He gave His only begotten Son, that's Jesus, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, that's go to hell, but have eternal life, that's going to heaven. God loved the world so much He sent Christ that all can come to Him. 
The Bible says, Whosoever will may come. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The great old preacher C.H. Spurgeon had a great line in, uh, in his work, The Treasury of David, about Psalm 106 and verse 1. He said, Since man ceases not to be sinful, it is a great blessing that Jehovah ceases not to be merciful. And I really like that. Since man ceases not to be sinful, it is a great blessing that Jehovah ceases not to be merciful. And folks, we have a loving, merciful, good God. He showered us with blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Remember David in the, in the 23rd Psalm, what did he say? My cup runneth over. It, it's, it's super abundant. It just, keeps, it just keeps coming from him. And if you have some good in your life, as I said before, that came from God. That didn't come from chance. That didn't come from the devil. That came from God alone. So thank him for it. Today, that would be a good thing to do. Thank him for it. Whenever you guys uh, celebrate Thanksgiving, Thank Him for those things. Be specific. Don't just say, Oh, thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Okay, I'm done. Isn't that what we do? We pray, Oh, Lord, please bless me. Please bless my family. And we go on. We don't know if God's answered that prayer or not because we haven't asked for anything specific. And when we thank Him, we don't we don't get any more specific. Thanks, Lord, for blessing me. Try being specific. Thank you, Lord, that when I had this need, You answered it in this way. That's when you know that, that prayer's been answered, when you're specific. And listen, sometimes we don't feel like blessing God. We don't feel like thanking God, do we? we got bad stuff going on, and we're like, you know what? Does God really love me? He wouldn't let that happen. That's the way we feel. But God is good all the time, even if you don't feel like it. There's an old preacher I heard. Uh, just, just recently he said that we're a lot better at counting our bruises than our blessings. We're a lot better at counting the, the things that are going wrong than the things that are going right. But he said whenever he starts counting his blessings and he starts numbering them, a lot of times he loses count because he gets on shouting ground is what he said. You know, I, I think many times if we stop counting our bruises and start counting our blessings, uh, it'll help us see that God's good. But don't just stop there. Praise Him because... What he does is rooted in who he is. It's not just enough to say, thank you, God, for what you've done. Praise God for, for his goodness, for his mercy. Praise him that he loved you and me enough to send Christ. We didn't deserve that. But he loved us enough that Christ died on the cross for us. You know, there, it could be that you've never experienced that salvation. Yeah, Christ died for you. But it's not effective for you if you have never put your faith in Christ. If you've never repented of your sin, but the Bible says, Whosoever will may come, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've not done that, today's the day to do it.